Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 186 of the podcast. It's the 23rd of July, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a lovely conversation with Teresa Hess. Teresa and her husband are unschooling their three kids, and they live in a cool co-housing community in Washington State. We dive into their journey to unschooling, the shift to peaceful parenting, the ever-deepening spiral of mothering and self-awareness, the concept of joy, and lots more. As a quick personal update, I mentioned last week that I was visiting Lissy in New York City, so I just wanted to close that loop and say I had a great time. We had fun updating the podcast images, which you may have noticed if you've seen links go by on Facebook or Instagram. She brings so much color and lightness to my life. We also ate yummy food, played bananagrams, chatted lots, and we went on an adventure from Brooklyn to Chelsea to pick up an old chest that a company was giving away. It was quite big, with wheels, and is painted with stars and swirls. And it's now in its new home, ready for a new adventure as a much-loved prop box. And I also want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Manuela Delgado. Hi, Manny. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it's integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this weekend is our monthly video chat. I'm really looking forward to that. And now let's dive into my conversation with Teresa. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Teresa Hess. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Pam. Hi. Just as a quick introduction, I connected with Teresa online a couple of years ago now, and I recently stumbled onto her blog. Now, I really enjoyed reading her thoughts and insights around unschooling and parenting, which is why I was so happy when she agreed to come on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So to get us started, Teresa, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Yeah, I sure can. I um but I just want to say first I'm so happy to be here Pam because I've been obviously listening to your podcast and reading your books for years and uh you provide such an amazing resource for the unschooling community worldwide. So oh. I'm just so happy I get to be here and be a part of it. Oh, thanks so You're much. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so about me and my family, it's five of us, my husband and myself and our three daughters. 
And we live on an island north of Seattle, about 40 minutes north of Seattle in Washington State. And um, we live actually in a little co-housing community here. So we have a small condo that's just two bedrooms, one bath, all of five of us in this space that's about 670 square feet. And as I was just mentioning to you before we started recording, we're making an addition on that space now. So we're busy with that, but we're excited to have a little more space for the creativity of our unschooling lives because we're home a lot. Um, we are definitely at home a lot. We do a lot out and about, but like as far as creating that unschooling nest, it's going to be exciting to have a little more space. And, um, and it's fun to be in our co-housing community there too because that just adds a whole other layer to our lives of people to learn from and be involved with. Um, my husband is a therapeutic body worker. He has a little office just a few blocks from our house. So that's nice. He can plan his work schedule with a little bit of flexibility if he needs to since he runs his own business. And most days he comes home for lunch and we get to see him during the day too. So we try to like keep our lives kind of it's all really simple and close to home in that way. A lot of people on the island where we live commute into Seattle for work. Mm -hmm. And so we're really lucky to be able to keep it all close and together um, right at home in our little town. Um, yeah, my husband and I met actually in a Zen monastery in Japan. So we did a bunch of meditation and such there. And it was actually like a fabulous preparation for unschooling, I think, in a way, because um, the work we were doing there with our teacher was so much about... Um, like getting into the basic nature of who we are and stripping down the layers to that through the meditation to really touch and embody that vital life energy. And of course, kids come in with that automatically, just so bright and pure and themselves, and which was exactly what our meditation was trying to get us to rediscover in our own lives. So it's nice that my husband and I have that in common because I think we both really wanted to offer that to our kids as much as possible, like just seeing them for who they are and their big spirits as they came into the world and wanting that to flourish and support that and not strapping on a bunch of our goals or expectations for who they were going to be or what they were going to do with their lives. Like I remember when my first daughter was a little, my husband saying, I don't care if she, you know, is a cashier at, Kmart or whatever like we just want her to be who she is so it's it's great that um as far as the two of us both being on board with having that angle and approach on being with our kids that uh we have that base together and that way of communicating about that together um and our three kids have never really been to school my oldest went to preschool for about three months three or four months um, her name is Rose and she's 12 now and she's just a super creative, um, uh, feisty, strong-willed person. She came in that way anyway. She's mellowed out a lot as getting older and it's been so fun to watch her evolve. She's really into, um, drawing right now and love crafty things. She's learning how to knit and loves, um cosplay and making cosplays and getting into characters and 
watching various shows or movies and really getting into the characters and the plot lines and the theories behind the characters and the plot lines and where things will go. And it's so funny. I was an English major in college and I feel like what she does by watching these shows and analyzing them is the same thing I was doing writing papers about Charles Dickens, you know, Bleak House (laughs) college. For her, it's about these animated shows or anime or we just got really into Stranger Things together. Um, And it's so fun to just watch her just in her own mind and through her own interest and passion explore. Like she's always been into story and character. And I know someday she'd love to get into the live actual playing and LARPing. She watches a lot of that on YouTube and someday we'll want to get into that more. So um it's so fun to watch her journey with that and see what has stayed the same with her from very young till now as far as loving story and character and the progression of that. Um, my daughter is Fiona. She's eight and she's just a ton of fun and loves to um, play Roblox and Minecraft and Skype with friends and um she has this little group of friends that she Skypes with that she calls the Animal Gang, and she has a YouTube channel called the Animal Gang and loves to make videos for that and every day is showing me intros and outros she's making on her tablet with this um, app she loves called Gotcha. It makes these animated characters and little storylines and sets them to music videos, and uh, that's a big passion for her right now. And she also loves gymnastics and wrestling and being physical and jumping around and practicing her backbends. We have a gymnastics mat in our living room, in our small living room for her to mess around on. Yeah. (laughs) And and then my youngest is Simone, or we call her Momo for short. And she's three years old and she's just um, fantastic and fun and three and loves to bake cupcakes and make smoothies and cuddle on the couch and watch shows and play with our neighbors and she's up for anything so that gives a little taste into who we are oh there's me of course I forgot (laughs) (laughs) there's me I'm Teresa and um gosh I mean I'm passionate about all this about unschooling and parenting and being with my children and writing and um, dancing. I go to this weekly dance group on Sunday mornings that the kids are welcome to come to or not. And I've just started going to that in the past half year or so. And that's really fun for me to get back into dancing because I used to love to do that a lot before kids. And, um, and then I also just recently got my real estate license, which was like sort of out of nowhere. It just kind of came into my life. Neighbor and a friend who's a broker and she said I could work with her and it was so easy to get my coursework done online and um, I won't be doing a lot of that but if I can sell or help someone find a house a couple times a year and uh, mostly work from home because my neighbor doesn't have an office she has a home office and so I'll just work from home and work with her and um, just a fun thing to do to kind of challenge myself and stretch and it'll fit in nicely with our schedule of being on the island and helping people on the island find a home or sell a home. So (laughs) it's a whole new project. I'm just getting up and started. So I haven't had a career really, you know, no one's paid me for the work I've been doing all these years. So it'll be, it'll be nice to, um, to add that element into our lives as well. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. It's it's so cool, isn't it? It's just like you said, it was a neighbor who actually who just, you know, mentioned it to you. It's like, oh, that might fit. I love right. Right. When you're just paying attention, these little yes. things show up and it's like, Hey, I'm going to try. Yes. So often when I try to make something happen, it doesn't work out. <laughs> like if I have my idea go for it, I don't know. That seems to work for so many people. For me, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really, I know it doesn't flow then. It flows if I'm more in a receptive state. I'm kind of asking that question. Well, what could be next or what would be good? And then listening for the answers and the cues and I'm following that more than trying to push my will onto what's happening. I know. Yeah. It's so true. And and I I've journaled about that many times over the years. Yes. It's been my discovery yeah. too, because it's like, well, I should, you know, just do it, you know, you know, go after it. You can make it happen. Those kinds yeah. of messages that are encouraging. Yet totally. When you're pushing and pushing, yeah. it yeah. it really doesn't for me anyway create doesn't create a good atmosphere for like for things to flow right, and yes. it is so huge for me hard. Mm-hmm. It's getting easier with experience, but to because it feels like you're giving up right. It's like well don't don't yeah. give up on the thing. But right. be open to how it might flow in. It might look different. Like your dance class that's that flowed right. in looks like that kind yeah. of dancing, which is different than I imagine than the kind of dancing you did before. But it's nicely right. connected, right? Same how maybe real estate's a new thing, but it's connecting so well to your lifestyle that it flowed in and it's like, okay, I'm going to try this because it seems right. to fit with where we are, right? So it, yes. it so much feels like giving up, but if instead I think of it as being more open to things, yes. things flow in that I could never have imagined, and they're great too. Right? Yes, yes, yes. The real estate was totally like that for me, and I had to keep checking myself. Wait, am I am I not courageous enough to go after what I really want, or or is it, you know? But no, it's not that at all. Like this just feels right, even though it's not something I ever really envisioned or imagined or anything like that. So I love to be surprised by that. And if I look back at my life, it feels like oftentimes the most profound and wonderful things that have happened to me came to me in that unexpected way. So I love just trusting that and riding the wave of that because. It's brought the most fantastic things in over and over. Yeah. I know, right? Right? It's it's that trust. It's that shift to trust yeah. and understanding that it's not um, giving up, really. Because that's, yeah. that's still, that's us judging ourselves. Right. Right? It's still us judging ourselves through a different kind of lens. And that's kind, that's the lens that we're kind of trying to, that helps to, to change up or to refocus and to refocus yeah. that on trust and being open to seeing. Cause, because if we're seeing other things as they flow in, because if we're not open to that, we don't, that them mentioning that in conversation just flies over our head and nothing else happens. Right. That flyer about something. It's like, Oh yeah, look, there's a dance class off. I go to what it was I was really trying to do when I came out today. Right. Or whatever, right? Right, right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Oh. I love that. 
So yeah. It's so great for that, right? Tuning into that more and more and learning how to do that and seeing how your kids do it and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get into that later too, I think, aren't we? (laughs) But yeah, like kids have been the greatest teacher there. Okay, okay. Now, there were so many wonderful things. Thank you so much for introducing your kids. That was so nice to hear a little bit about each of them. I love that. And mm-hmm. and how you and your husband met. That was really cool because you yeah. were already working on stripping away some of those layers that many of us um, do as part of our de-schooling. So yeah. I feel like that maybe yeah. left you a little bit more open when uh-huh. you encountered unschooling. So maybe you could share with us a little bit how that uh, that move went, how you discovered unschooling and how you guys decided to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So discovered unschooling um my oldest daughter was probably two or two and a half and um we'd been doing the attachment parenting style until then so you know breastfeeding on demand and co-sleeping and just being really close as a family and feeling so connected to her and just madly in love with her and loving moving through life. You know, she's wrapped up my body with a cloth all the time. You know, we're just like a total unit doing life together and watching her unfold and seeing just how bright and amazing and present she was and trying to be that more myself so I could, you know, reflect that back to her as much as possible. But then comes the the twos with her personality emerging more and her willpower emerging more. And so there'd be more conflict between us, whether it was just like, no, I don't want you to have that cookie before dinner. Well, she wanted that cookie before dinner, you know, and it was going to like cause a rift between us if I wasn't giving her that cookie before dinner and, and, or other things, just trying to get her to go somewhere. Well, it's time to go. Let's go. Maybe she wasn't ready or she didn't want to put her coat on, even though it was cold outside or whatever was happening. Very normal developmentally at that age where usually, well, first of all, I had sort of never seen anyone raise a child before. That's the really strange part often when you have your own kid in our culture and I not really been around kids for so long since I was a kid. (laughs) So I just didn't know how do I do this? How do I handle these situations where there's conflict? And I knew that I didn't want to use shame or guilt. I didn't want to threaten her or spank her or even give her a reward if she did what I wanted. I didn't want to manipulate. I didn't want to use all those tools that you kind of see in mainstream media or know about from mainstream parenting. But I had no idea what to do. And it was like, what do I do if I don't do those things? Or when I do do those things, it completely backfires. Like maybe I would have done those things if if they had worked. You know, if I got upset with her, to try to get her to do something, she would often look at me and just laugh, just laugh, give me this big smile. It was like she almost thought I was joking. Like, you can't be serious. You're going to get angry and expect your anger to steer me to do what you want to do. Even though (laughs) I felt like, isn't that what, I I don't know. Unfortunately, (laughs) 
that was sort of my idea. Well, you get mad and then the child obeys, you know, you show them you're the boss. I mean, and this is coming from me who is a very like flexible, open, meditating mom, you know, but and I, I felt like I wasn't someone who got angry until I had a kid. And I was like, well, I'm really mad that she's not going down for her nap right now. And the, those, those experiences of anger within me were, um, yeah, they weren't something that I had dealt with much before. So I was surprised to see myself feeling those things. And I, I didn't like how it felt. And it didn't work to have her do what I wanted her to do. And it didn't work for our relationship because it would break us apart. So I remember, I don't know what I would have Googled, but somehow I Googled like, what do I do with my two-year-old if I don't want to use shame manipulation, spanking, or a sticker chart? You know, <laughs> but they're not. But they're telling me no. <laughs> and somehow I came across um, Jan Hunt's site, the Natural Child Project. Yeah. And that was such a lifeline for me. And she had so many wonderful articles on there um, about about exactly those things, like why not to spank or what to do when your child says no and it was like you know see the world from their perspective and really get down with them at their eye level and communicate about these things and um I just remember going back and back to that site over and over and she also had links on there to Joyce Federal's site and Sandra Dodd's site I believe and I, that's how I first learned about the term unschooling. So I definitely came to it at a time of trying to figure out how to parent peacefully more than uh, academic school system yeah. isn't working out. So what else do we do? The, my doorway was definitely through how to relate to my kid in a way that felt good and kept that connection and that unity between us. Unity, but also let her be her own person. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, let's see, that's how I first discovered the term. And then even as I read in those sites, though, I know that I was still holding back about certain things like um, food or media use. Like I wasn't ready to just let her do what she wanted with all of that yet. But it, but it did help me in a lot of problem solving with her and just, moving more peacefully through our days together. And then as she got a little bit older, um, I definitely had always thought about homeschooling. I think even since she was a little baby, cause I just, I just loved her so much. I loved being with her. I couldn't really imagine passing her off for a day to be with people that I didn't know very well, that didn't know her, that didn't understand, you know, her ways of communicating. And, um, so I always sort of had it in the back of my mind to homeschool and then finding the unschooling through the peaceful parenting angle. And then we did try a preschool for a few months, mostly because I was looking for community and I felt isolated being at home with her and everybody I knew was putting their kids in preschool mm -hmm. and school. And I just, I wanted us to be with other families and be with other parents, but that no one else wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was just all hang out with our kids together and let them play. And, you know, I don't know, for some reason. So we did try the drop-off preschool thing for a few months, and it went all right. But there were definitely some red flags to me that it just wasn't the right decision for us. And I had been reading so much more about unschooling then. So 
Yeah, none of it really made sense. That even if it was a really fantastic school, there's some great alternative schools where we live, it was still, well, now's the time that all the children do yoga, and now's the time where they all garden, and now they all lay down for rest, and now they all eat this wholesome meal together. And felt like, well, maybe she only want to do yoga for two minutes, and then you're going to punish her because, you know, you have to go sit in the corner if you don't want to do our yoga right now. I thought, that's just, that's just not where I'm at. So, um, so yeah, then we decided not to go back to the preschool, and then she was coming up on school age, and I said, let's try this unschooling thing. And by then, like, also the power struggles we were having around media and food and those things that I was holding on to trying to control still it just felt awful trying to control those things and it it felt so good to say yes more often and partner with her and let go of some of my rigid ideas about right and wrong about what a healthy lifestyle looked like and really focus on making the relationship the priority for us having that good feeling flowing between us was just like heaven and you know worth so much more than not letting her watch Cinderella twice in a row because she had just watched it and she shouldn't spend that much time you know (laughs) watching tv or or, you know just those ideas started to slough off me and took a long time to keep unwinding but um started moving more into that whole life radical unschooling lifestyle and once we started it was just so great and um, so eye-opening. And even when I had doubts and fears come up again, it just felt like, well, we, we can't go back. I can't go back to, to controlling and fighting and power struggles about these things. It's just not worth it to me. And especially with her personality, she was so strong. Like she definitely did. And that was awesome. And I wanted to support that or make her down her sense of herself in order to please me. I just, no way. So it was, it was awesome just to follow her lead and keep reading and exploring unschooling. And we just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, that's really, yeah, really (laughs) fascinating to hear. And I love um, the way you talked about it uh, happening over time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just checking Mm -hmm. to make sure you're still there. (laughs) Um, Happening over time. (laughs) And that Mm -hmm. um, she that what you came down to as you were thinking it through was the relationships, right? That in the end, each thing you became more of a power struggle Mm -hmm. and that you chose the relationship over the struggle. And I feel like that ties back to what we were talking about earlier, kind of like we were talking about battle of wills with ourselves and the choices we make like I I need to follow through on this can almost turn that yeah people might recognize that feeling to do with their children too like they can't watch Cinderella twice in a row Mm -hmm. right and it's it's us trying to enforce that view on them like for 
totally right. valid reasons to us, reasons that seem valid to us, right? And it's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you put that relationship overlay, yeah. it is it, that, and that goes to what we were talking about earlier, kind of that trust overlays moving yes. um, to the trust. When you start looking at the relationship as the most important thing, all of a sudden, um, those things be are are we don't feel the need to struggle for those as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. And you just get a perspective. Like actually that, that Cinderella example is so clear in my mind. Cause I remember like holding her in my arms and she was crying and upset and she wanted to watch this. And I, I mean, I almost had the feeling like, well, if she died tomorrow, would I be happy with this choice that this is, you know, which sounds sort of extreme, but you never know what life is going to serve you. And and unschooling, you know, living in the moment because you don't know what the next moment's going to bring, no matter what. So it, I really felt like, is this this fight really, really worth it? Because you never know what's coming. And I remember just trying to do that and like tuning into myself, what would it feel like to say yes right now? And with such relief, you know, and to also admit that as the adults, we don't know everything. I don't you know, like I say, it feels like this, oh, of course it's bad to watch Cinderella twice in a row. There's so many other things you should be doing with your time, but we don't know what they're getting from that experience, you know, mm -hmm. and to just admit your own, um, ignorance, I guess, as, as a way to trust yeah. their knowing of them. No, it's like we don't know more about what's right for them than they know for themselves, which usually as parents, we think, well, we know more. We've had more experience. We've lived. We've made right and wrong choices. So therefore, that gives us permission to make choices for the kid because we know more than they do. But but we don't. We can't really get into the mind of another human being and who knows what about that storyline or that music in the show or what magic she was loving. Like why, why get in the way of, of her trusting herself that she knew she needed more of that than I thought she needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it too. Right. That that's another part of that shift is, is, mm -hmm. and that for me anyway, that came from, um, spending time with them. You know, when my kids left school, I could spend more time with them. I could see the choices they were making and I could see how those choices made so much sense through their eyes, even if they wouldn't be the choice that I would make if I was in their position. Yes. Right. right? Yes. You don't have to worry about that. You can live your own life and model your own way of living. And that's great. And, Oh, I write <laughs> in relationship too, because we all come across that, you know, maybe in our partnerships of wanting that person to be different. If they just made the choices I think they should make, then life would be easier, but that's not a good model to go through your life with. Like to model that form of intimacy and relationship for them for so young of you can be your person and I can be mine and we can share in each other's passions. But not have to control what each other's doing. Yeah, I love that. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Now I think that leads really nicely into our next question. Okay. Yeah. So people try think of where we were. Um, because yeah. some of those ideas that we've been talking about, how we got to that a couple months ago, you posted a wonderful manifesto on your blog. That explains, right, that you're a radical unschooling family and listing, you are listing some of the things that you believe that led you to that choice. And I'll put links in the show notes for people because I I urge you to go read it. Um, And you talk about how you came to this and you mentioned this earlier through parenting, right? You, I ended up on Jan. Jan Hunt site too, one of my first websites. And I was coming from the school perspective, right? Because my kids were in school and you landed there from the parenting and then we both found on school. Anyway, I thought that was really cool. So I was, yeah, I was just wondering if you wanted to share a little bit uh, more about what that process looked like and how you came to, you know, really feeling, feeling solid now in those beliefs that have led you to this lifestyle? Right. Well, it's funny. I sort of wrote that blog post um, several months before I posted it. Yeah. I was sort of scared to post it for yeah. a while. <laughs> I know that feeling. I wrote, I wrote it at a time I was sort of feeling doubtful about some choices that we were mm-hmm. making, and I needed to remember why I was doing what I was doing. So it's like I need to sort of talk myself back to what the core of this is for me because, um, you know, like I say, in the beginning, I was looking into schools and alternative schools because I was really longing for community. Community is like such a big thing for me and it always has been, whether it was like community at the monastery of like-minded people getting together and focusing on something or in high school and college I was involved in theater and I just loved being with the people and creating something together. So partly what's been so hard for me with unschooling has been the fact that like no one around me in my daily life is living the type of unschooling lifestyle we are living and um that's why it's so nice to like talk to you today (laughs) but so that blog post came out of like i just needed to say it again even if it was to myself on my blog like a journal entry and um and i think just the act of writing that really helped some last I'm sure there'll be more, but at that time, some layers of, of doubt I was having just dissolve off of me because it, it took me just one step more into voicing and owning what I care about without feeling a little bit ashamed or a little bit like, well, we're making these choices that are sort of unusual, but... I'll try to hide it a little bit to keep other people more comfortable or essentially to try to keep myself more comfortable, being worried about maybe other people's judgments. Or I think I wrote that post when I felt like I hadn't been judged, you know, by a neighbor, an acquaintance, um, just, just, just being around moms who are always sort of monitoring, you know, what their kids are doing or eating or watching or saying or playing. It, it, it can seep in sometimes and make me feel like, are they right? Am I, you know? No, really? Yeah. 
doing something different here. And I think it's radical and necessary <laughs> what we're doing, but I can start to forget. So, um, so that blog post was just a way for me to remember and like step into my own voice and knowing more. And, um, no, I can't even remember what exactly the question was. <laughs> I think it was about, <laughs> I think it was about, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I was going to say <clears throat> that part of the question I think you answered earlier when you talked about how you came from the parenting perspective, when you talked about the move yeah. to unschooling. So right. I think that was really cool. But I, I really love where you took the question just now because, yeah. you know, yeah. this is hard and it can be challenging and uh -huh. there are ups and downs to it. And I know for yeah. me, like everybody's going to discover what works well for them in those moments. For me, writing is what helps me process and figure out what I'm thinking. Find my yeah. clarity. Is pages and like, yeah. I wrote 10 pages in my journal yesterday. <laughs> yes. I was trying to make right. sense. It was an idea that I, I knew I agreed with, but. I had to find all the different aspects. I had to find the thread for me that worked yes. for me, which is what that it sounds works. like you were doing, which is why the manifesto is so awesome to read because it's so clear. Yeah. And you, in the end, you found that thread that led you. These are all the things that, that make sense to me. And then uh -huh. they added up or they threaded right. into unschooling right into radical unschooling right yes. so in yes. those moments like i did that many times over the years yeah. when something's feeling off when we've had an encounter when yeah. you're feeling judged like any yeah. of those moments that can knock us off yes. it's okay like that's gonna happen that doesn't mean you're a bad unschooler just yeah. because you know you get knocked off center for a little bit but Finding these ways that help us recenter, that yeah. help us, that remind us of those fundamental motivations and reasons why right. we made this choice in the first place right. can right. be so right. valuable, right? Yes, and to just shout it from the rooftop on your blog, <laughs> even if no one's reading it. No, but but and then I was going to say another piece that I come to then with that is that I circle around and I'm almost like grateful for these people that maybe were naysaying or judging or that was my interpretation of what they were saying yeah. because that gave me the opportunity to step more fully into my own knowing and my own confidence rather than well if only they were doing what I was doing then I'd feel better about what I was doing you know I don't have to put the responsibility on anyone else there really is this well within me that knows that feels this on a like guttural instinctual yes resounding level and I it's like thank you for reminding me that I'm still wavering and I don't need to I can like step with both feet right on what I know again and remind myself so like that's sometimes I I really get like tears in my eyes thinking like Thank you for, you know, <laughs> for saying that thing that really hurt my feelings, you know, because it, it helped me with my own development and my own knowing. And so like not seeing, not seeing anyone as the enemy, like they yeah. said this thing that was bad or if only they did what I was doing, like, no, none of that, all that falls away. Like it really 
it is all about me and my own journey with, with um, knowing what I'm doing is, is right for us. And it, yeah. everyone else is doing their and that's awesome too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, I love the way you put that. I have goosebumps because that ended up being like when I wrote The Unschooling Journey, that kind of ended up being one of my favorite chapters. That step where at first we can, mm. we can quickly jump to blame other people like for yeah. where we're uncomfortable. Like when they've said something yes. that's touched a nerve, it's touched a nerve in me, right? Um, for some reason that I don't know yet. And our first reaction so often is to blame them. Is It's their problem. Yeah. You know, that they, but, oh my yeah. gosh, when we take that moment to just instead yeah. go to ourselves, we learn yeah. so much more by digging deeper into whatever that issue is. Like, oh, so why did that touch a nerve? What was I feeling uncomfortable about? You know, it was something, right? And it's always yeah. been better for me when that's yeah. happened. So I was just like laughing here waiting yeah. <laughs> because that's yeah. been my experience as well. So often, right? right. When, uh, when I get upset with something someone else has said or done, it's really about mm-hmm. me, right? Because I that's know. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. my opportunity. I can either, you know, choose to get mad at them about it. I can choose to, you know, right talk behind their back. I can choose to yeah. cut them off. I can make all right. these choices that blame uh, them for my right. reaction to whatever it is they said. But like you said, what they're saying is what's true for them in that moment on their journey. Cause their journey has nothing to do with me. So my reaction has to do with me and my journey. And if I take that step, I learn so much more about myself rather than staying stuck in defensive mode. Right? Yes. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, yeah. I love when I was writing that, I'm like, all of a sudden I could see so many times when that uh-huh. happens, like, oh, that's so true. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, there is another blog post of yours that I wanted to mention, um, and it's titled The Storm in the Ocean Mother. I love that. Oh. <laughs> and I wanted yeah. to share this quote from the end of the post, okay? So, uh-huh. You wrote, this is how I learned to be more fully myself by mothering my children. And this is how I learned to mother my children by being more fully myself. So again, I love how clearly in those two sentences, you describe that ever spiraling circle, you know, how one leads to the next and back and forth or around and round. So I was hoping you could share some of your thoughts around that. Yeah. Yeah. In that post, I was really kind of focusing on this emotional life of our kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's this phrase going around emotional intelligence. I remember when my oldest was a baby, seeing a friend who also had a baby, like how to raise emotionally intelligent children. And I thought, I have no idea what that phrase even means. But like the emotions of our kids are just, my kids at least, I think most kids, right? They're just out there. And when they're upset, they're upset and they're crying. And when they're happy, they're just zoom, like bouncing off the walls, you know? And, and, um, and seeing them and their natural emotional expressiveness has just 
it's just so inspiring, you know, and then it can also be so overwhelming because we don't always know how to respond to their big emotions because who knows for a variety of reasons, maybe our big emotions weren't, you know, our parents didn't know how to respond to ours. So like, there's a lot of shutting down of emotion that I see happening in mainstream parenting, like Mm -hmm. kid falls and gets hurt. And it's like, Oh no, no, you're okay. Don't cry. Or, you know, a kid's so happy. They're running around. It's like, okay, can you just keep it quiet? You know, (laughs) just calm down. And, um, and I just feel like I've been learning a lot about how to feel my own emotions by watching my kids feel theirs. And then I'm also learning how to be with myself through my big emotions by being there with my kids' big emotions. And I feel like I'm able to be with my kids' big emotions better the more I am able to fully feel and be with my own big emotions. So... And emotions just aren't, I don't know, I wish they were talked about more. I think they're so vital. Like, I, I find that more and more, I feel like um, emotions aren't just something to kind of be felt and gotten over quickly. Um, I think they're really there to be listened to. Like, the, our emotions are our guides for how to live our lives and they help us tap into our inner compass of which direction do I go next and if we let them you know I think it's easy to come in with the rational mind and think about what would be the best choice but as far as like tuning in and really feeling it like this feels right to me or this doesn't that can be hard to to know and feel out in yourself so yeah in that post I was just I was thinking about these emotions and um I don't think I did it as well for my first kid it's been like a really long journey of like if a kid is tantrum you know having a tantrum or feeling really upset about something that to our adult rational mind doesn't seem like that big of a deal mm-hmm. to really let them feel it rather than trying to talk them out of feeling it, like totally validate where they are and, and hold it and hold them and just be present. And, and then at the same time, you know, to slowly feel out when they might be ready to think about a solution or a next step or, or not like they'll show you, they'll get there on their own when they're ready for it, but it can be, so uncomfortable sometimes to be around their difficult emotions that you're just like, stop, just don't feel that or don't emote that. And, and I don't think that that's healthy ultimately and that there's no such thing as a bad emotion, but we're just um, uncomfortable around certain ones, but actually those quote unquote negative emotions are so necessary for our growth as humans and our way to help us navigate through life. Like if something feels bad, feel it, let it go. And it will then transmute and evolve into like the next answer or the next step. But you couldn't have gotten there if you just sort of stuffed it aside or tried to be happy or just dried your tears before you were ready. So yeah, there's a woman um, whose blog I have read a lot and done an online course with her, Bethany Webster. She has this blog called Healing the Mother Wound. And it was 
Well, no, her blog is called Womb of Light, but there's a, a big post that she has on there called Healing the Mother Wound. And it's it really looks at this idea of learning how to mother yourself. So like everyone, no matter how they were parented, there's probably a gap in between getting what you really needed as a child and what you were given. Like even if you, you had a fantastic mother, like, and it's not even just about the mother. It's about the society and culture. Like, yeah. you know, for a child has a ton of needs and they are not going to be able to get them all met. And some of those get, you know, unmet needs get repressed. And then in adulthood, how do we kind of go back and even connect with that inner child part of us again and tend to it and mother ourselves? So I've been doing that work the past few years and, um, yeah, and learning how to mother myself and be there for myself, which is an interesting combination of feeling whatever I need to feel, but also being present for myself with it. So not getting so lost in my emotions that I'm just like, <laughs> but letting it out fully and being able to soothe myself in the same way I soothe my kids. So I'll be with my kid and I'll realize, oh, this is what I need to do for myself the next time I'm feeling really frustrated. And then I'll be with myself and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> this feels really nice to just let myself feel this frustration and not be judgmental of it. I got to do that more for my kids. So that's that spiraling exactly. that I'm yeah. about. Yeah. And that's one way that that shows up, right? In parenting is like through this emotional lens that I'm talking about. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of that I'm learning how to like treat myself the same way I'm treating my kids and like let it all swirl together. But, but that post in particular was about these like stormy emotions that we all have and learning how to deal with them in a healthy way because oftentimes we haven't had examples of how to do that. Yeah, you no, know, exactly. And that was it. You know, I came in to parenting with that very rational mind. I was Mm. very much in that, you know, conventional sense, right? Yeah. And so when I got to the point where now, you know, I was home with the kids all the time, they had left school, yeah. and we were dealing with these bigger emotional moments. And yeah. the first thing was, is it was easier for me to see them to be with them, like to learn how to be with them, you know, as I was doing all this reading through unschooling, that, that kind of um, peaceful parenting, that kind of stuff. And mm. because I was doing it for them and I love yeah. them, it was easier for me yeah. to do that, right? Yes, yes. And I yes. learned through that, like, hey, I'm a person too. It's okay for me, <laughs> right? Yes. And then that's how I got to not stuffing emotions down all the time right. or right. rationally you know, locking them away in a box and saying, hey, it's okay if I'm frustrated or I'm upset, right? And, right? And then what I would learn from doing that, like you said, that again helps me the next time I'm sitting with them. I can sit a little bit longer. I can wait a little bit more openly. I can sit with just a better energy presence with them. I can ask, you know, if they're wanting to move on or something yes. with, with less, with even less judgment so that right. I can totally take the yes, no, whatever happens right. next right. 
Right. And right, and right. then just circ- yeah, emotions was something I was not good at before. I had exactly. <laughs> yes. And then you can model that for your kids too. Like yeah. You know, well, I just need a break. I got to feel this thing really quick. <laughs> and, you know, give that to myself. Like that's good for them to see. They don't need to see just a one-sided person. You know, yeah. multi-sided emotional human being. Yeah, exactly. And and we were talking about these ever deepening cycles, these spirals, yeah. right? Um, yes. And so I wanted to. You had an uh, something you wrote recently that was about learning to follow our intuitive sense of our own joy. And yeah. this was something else that I find is is a spiral, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it sounds it sounds simple yeah. at first, you know. Follow the joy, follow your joy, follow your bliss, you know? (laughs) And that sounds cool. And it's like, oh, okay. And yet I, as I think about it, right. (laughs) As I think about it, you know, it's been more than 10 years uh, since I named my website Living Joyfully, right? Uh But I'm still discovering the depths of that phrase and what it really means. Right. So I was hoping you could share some tips for people who would like to explore that concept of joy and how it really does weave so elegantly into our unschooling lives, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's funny. I remember like getting started on the unschooling journey and with your, your site is living joyfully and Joyce Federal site is joyfully rejoicing or something. I know. (laughs) God often uses, you know, peace, connection, and joy, this joy-filled life. And I was like, what are these people talking about? (laughs) I'm a fairly, like, happy, upbeat person, but it was like, joy just seemed like so... Over the top. ...flashier, you know, like this golden stream of light coming down on you. (laughs) Like, I'm just, like, constantly in this golden stream of light through my days, and... And, um, yeah, I didn't really understand it as a day-to-day way of being at first. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense. And it was like, I'm supposed to have joy while I'm washing the dishes for the 10th time today and changing dirty diapers and, like, stepping on Legos, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's like, yeah, you can. You can, like, have joy while you're washing dirty dishes and stepping on Legos and... and and being with your kids and sweeping up the crumbs but it's like how do you how do you get there I feel like lately I'm I'm feeling more that like joy is our our natural way of being actually it's like our our birthright like there's this realm of joy that's always there for us to access and and like I tried to say in that post it's not necessarily just joy is this big robust sparkling golden stream of light joy it can just be like a really simple quiet like I'm connected to myself right now I'm aligned with who I really am I have less weight on me right now I have less worry like I feel content I feel um involved I feel like present and connected with my kids like that's joy it can be really really simple but really touching at the same time and um, 
And again, it's, it's, it's so amazing. We have these kids in our lives that are living from that place unencumbered so much of the time. So as much as they have all those big, strong, negative emotions that we were just talking about, they also just have this aliveness and this vibrancy and this joyfulness that um, can help us remember how to connect to that in ourselves again. And um, like we were talking about giving ourselves permission to feel what we need to feel. Um, It's like giving ourselves permission to connect with our own joy again, the same way we're supporting our kids' interests and making sure we have their favorite foods around and looking for things that'll light them up and bringing more of that into their life. It's like, oh, of course I should be doing that for me too. (laughs) I think that took me a while because there's sort of this uncertainty rule of always say yes to the kids you know um and and I think that's a it's a really great idea to play with to get you out of saying your arbitrary no's and your habitual like no's is seeing how to say yes to them but you can't forget about saying yes to yourself within that either you know or jump so quickly into giving to them that you're overextending yourself and really it's a lifestyle about finding that harmony and that flow for everyone and the family and everyone's needs and um so I mean for me now I'll just I sometimes like in the shower in the morning or something I'll just sort of try to ask myself well what would feel good to me today you know what would what would feel good what would I like to do and um try to find little pieces, little ways to do more of that. It sounds so simple, but it can be something that we negate doing when we're busy in that active caregiving and looking out for others and prioritizing their needs and learning and everything like that. But um, yeah, and it's like uh, finding pleasure, moments for just pleasure and happiness and that that's really what life is about. And I love that unschooling gives us that opportunity to dive into that more and more. Like, yeah, it's like the academics and the learning, you know, any learning that would show up on a school test is so, so secondary down the road to me now of anything that I think about. And I mean, I I never really think about that. <laughs> it's just like, are we happy? Are we enjoying life? Like, is this good? And then, and then if the answer is yes, then that's great. And, and if the answer is no, that's also okay. I think for a while I would feel like, well, if my kids are happy, that means I'm being a good mom. But if they're unhappy, then I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and my oldest daughter kind of went through it early puberty and adolescence and lots of hormones and she started to really hate her younger sister and was mean to her a lot. And it was, it was so hard for me. Cause I was like, just, just be happy. Cause if you're happy, then I know all this is working, but yeah. that's not what she needed, you know? And that was for me to step into connecting to my own joy, kind of no matter what was going, I mean, that was the best thing I could do for her is to just maintain that connection with myself and kind of, hold her in the space of that, but not try to force her to feel or be happier or more joyful than where, where she was. Cause she was living out some things that she was feeling strongly. And, 
um, expecting her to be different wasn't working. So yeah, it's such a mixture. It's like joy isn't just being happy all the time. It's letting yourself be unhappy when you need to or your kids to be. And, um, and yet knowing there's that base of connectedness that's, that's always there for us. And we yeah. can make choices to return to it rather than waiting for the golden stream of light to shine down on us randomly, which is how I used to feel about joy. I think, well, I don't know when I feel joyful, just sometimes I do. You know? Yeah, yeah. No. No. Make the choices of yeah. tuning in, aligning, who am I? What do I care about? Do more of that. You know, even if it's as simple as, do I feel like having a cup of tea or coffee right now? And do I want cream in it or not? Like all those answers can come from, can come from like a real tuned in place where you're taking care of yourself. Like these terms of self care and self love that are around in a lot of articles and things lately. Like I just want to be in a constant state of caring for myself through all those little choices and caring for my kids. So yeah, I think that's one of the big things when they talk about self care, they've set it up as, as an either or right. You're caring for your kids or you're caring for yourself. For me, (laughs) that was a big piece, a big insight. So a couple of things that came exactly what you were talking about. Joy to me has became that connection with with yes. myself and so. you know with with my family and to me even as you were talking about those big emotions sometimes like yeah. they come from that connection to ourselves right that is to me that's still the mm-hmm. root of really? joy that's underneath that yeah. joy as yeah. in um allowing giving space for expression, for that connection, for that understanding, for that self-awareness to to develop. Because when we're feeling something, we might not know why yet, right? Right. But when you give space for that, that is how that understanding can eventually develop, whether it takes minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, it all depends, Right. right? But like you were talking about having that space, still connecting to our own joy. And then that thing where I think the other thing we do and and we get it uh, so early on to judge that that self-care needs to be big things. So not only do I need to be by myself and it needs to be big, important things. Like you can't like choosing between tea and coffee. How is that self-care? But no, (laughs) it's a moment where I'm connecting with myself and I'm saying, which would bring me more pleasure? You know, and, and so it's still, it's caring for yourself in the same moment while maybe you're making a sandwich for one of your kids or whatever. It's just having yourself also in your mind, Mm -hmm. I think, and knowing that at each moment I'm making the choice that, that I'm making and it's my choice. Like that wells up the joy. If my choice is that I'm helping them do this and I'm helping them do that and you know, after I'm going to, you know, maybe do this, I'm going to, so often it would be little things like lighting a candle while I was making dinner. Yes. Each time I looked at it, I smiled. Right. 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 I reminded myself that I'm here. I'm in this place. I'm making this choice. Boom. And and I kept stirring. You you know what I mean? 
finding that connection for you and understanding yourself. And again, back to that self-care, but not in the more conventional way they mean it. I think, you know, it's not, I have to go out for drinks with friends once a week for it to count or else, you know what I mean? It's, it's not taking someone else's definition of it. It's like, how do I define it? How does it look in my life right now? How can it look? It doesn't have to be me or them. How can, how can the things that bring me, bring a little smile to my face, remind me to jump into this moment. How can they be there while I'm living my life with my family? Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, I love your example of lighting the candle while you make dinner or something like where you could approach it so easily as, oh, I got to do this again. There's a sink full of dirty dishes, but well, I'll just turn on my favorite song and I don't have to do all the dishes. I'll just do it while it feels good, you know, yeah. and before you know it, you're done or something. But yeah, to try, I mean, I try to never do anything I don't feel like doing, like either, <laughs> either make it so I am enjoying it or choose not to do it and find an alternative. <laughs> right. Well, that's it though. That's back to touching base with yourself again, right? It's yeah. back to connecting with yourself. Okay. Like the dishes yeah. are piling up, the dishes are piling up. You know, maybe there, there is a moment, there's a time when, you know, right now it doesn't feel good right now. I don't want to do it, but yeah. you know, so a couple of days later, you know, whenever yeah. there's a moment where it's, it's kind yeah. of back to that trust again, right? Yes. Where yeah. maybe I, I will say, Oh, you know what? In this moment, I want to get the dishes done. I want to get some of the dishes really? done. I want to get enough dishes to cook dinner tonight. Or, right. you know, right. they, so often there was a time when Michael loved to build contraptions in the sink with dishes and pots and everything and turn the water on and see how it flowed through yeah. them in there. Maybe he was doing that and we kind of turned that into dish. Like you never know yeah. what's going to come up. Just because you don't feel like doing yeah. them in this moment doesn't yes. mean you will never, ever feel like it again, I right? It's not about forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. Because you have to. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So what is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Oh, that was a hard question. Cause I just like, I don't know. I just love our <laughs> lifestyle so much. You know, it's like everything that we've talked about in this conversation so far is what I, I love about it. I just love having the the space and the time to be together and get to know ourselves and each other. It's just so precious. Like what else could be more important than that? I can't think of anything, you know, it's back to the the relationships and the connecting again. It's just, it's, it's brilliant. I don't know. We're so lucky, you know, it's such a privilege and a luxury to be able to live that way. And, um, and I'm just so, so happy that, um, that we've encountered this lifestyle. I'm so thankful for the internet. Like I never would have gotten here without that. <laughs> like I wouldn't have known what to do if I hadn't found Jan Hunt's website really, or to have people that are further down the path saying, it's okay. Like you can be kind and generous with your kids. And they will be wonderful human beings because so many people parent from that place of, well, in order to make them wonderful human beings, I have to make them 
do X, Y, and Z that they don't want to do right now. And um, that doesn't feel right to me at all, but it's so wonderful to have the resources of people who are more experienced spelling that out for us. So yeah, my favorite part of our unschooling days is just just being together, together. just getting myself, just loving yeah. my children so much and, and having this time together. So many people talk about the years going so fast or, you know, like looking at an old picture when their kid was two and now their kid's 10 and where did the time go? I don't really have that feeling about things and not to say I won't at some point, but I feel like we're really living our lives together. They're not just flashing by, like we're not busy. We're just, you know, here together doing what we love. We're not too stressed out, except if we're making an addition on the home right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, are the natural stresses of life come up, of course, inevitably. And like I say, sibling tensions or, you know, figuring out what to make for dinner, things like that. But just that we, we can just be together. I mean, how many people, what what are those articles like the top 10 things people on their deathbed say about, you know, it's like, Oh, I wish I would have worked less and spent more time with my family. I wish I had prioritized relationships and I wish I had done less of what other people thought I should do and done more of what I should, I wanted to do. And I'm just like so grateful that we're, that we're in that from, from day one as a family. Not that we have it down perfectly, not that we don't struggle, you know, not that we don't have conflict, but like overall, the overarching feel for our lives is, is spacious, is open, is fun, is about enjoying each other, doing what we love, you know, cooking good food together, watching shows together. Nothing's off limits. Nothing's bad. Like, like talking about those power struggles earlier, I can't imagine living like 18 years with my child in my house, like having those power struggles constantly over different things as they got older. Like, you know, my oldest will say to me, well, I don't know what we'd fight about mom. We just, you know, as she knows the stereotypes of teenagers fighting about things and she's, she'll be a teen here in a few months. It's like, well, you know, know? and and my middle child will say to me, well, if I ever have kids, I want to, I want to parent the way you do, mom, you know, (laughs) it's just nice to feel so, um, just have this nice dialogue with them for, for who we are together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so precious. So, and like I say, that's just the, that's the priority. Like if, if anything else, I don't know what it would be, would come in the way of that. You know, I just would find a way back to that open connection, no matter, no matter what, if I was able. Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. Love that. I love that. And I love too, that you brought like it is, it's about the relationships, right? It, it, it really boils down to those. And I love how you mentioned, because so often when people first hear about unschooling, it, it seems like this pie in the sky idea. What do you mean you have wonderful relationships with your kids? Right. And right. When they imagine wonderful relationships, they're imagining 
I feel like they're kind of imagining no power struggles, but because the kids are all of a sudden listening to me and doing yeah. what I wanted, right? right? Exactly <laughs> what I think they should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, you know, and, and you totally understand that because they haven't seen this paradigm shift to this kind of parenting, yeah. right? Where it's about the connection, right, right. where, when things come up, when conflicts come up, mm-hmm. when stresses come into life, yeah. that, yeah. that we don't see those as, as arguments or problems, right? right? That's what, you know, we can talk about this joy. We can talk about these strong, connected relationships. Doesn't mean that we don't have to work through things. Right? We work through all these things, but we've built that relationship where we can talk about them, where we can work together. Like you were saying, being together, right? That's the root of it. That's the most wonderful thing is being together. And it's not, it's not all that shiny joy, (laughs) right? Because that's not what we're talking about, right? It's, it's that connection, that trust, that conversation, that finding a path forward that tweaking things yeah. that all feels good because we're all bringing ourselves to it right mm-hmm. yeah yes. yeah yes. no I love that I love that yeah. <laughs> well thanks so much Teresa for taking the time to speak with me today I had so much fun I really appreciate um, it I had so much fun too great <laughs> to see you yes it's wonderful to see you and before we go where can people find you and your writing online oh right okay so i have a blog it's called sparkleandzest.com i don't write on there that often um but well i i started it several years ago and then i took like a five-year break and then in the past six months or a year or so I've started writing a post every few months so it feels so good to write when I do so I do want to keep going with that for sure and then I'm also on Instagram as sparkle and zest on Instagram and then I'm on Facebook as Teresa Hess if anyone wants to reach out say hello friend me I love connecting with other unschoolers and supporting each other you know on social media it's so fun to see everybody living their lives together. So, right, right. Yeah, those are all good places to connect. Terrific. And I will share the links to those places in the show notes for everybody. And thanks again so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the second book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Live, Create a Thriving Unschooling Home. In it, I dive into the four characteristics that I found helped unschooling flourish in our home. Curiosity, patience, strong relationships, and trust. One reviewer wrote, Really enjoyed this short and sweet book. It has marvelous one-liners, and though I'm not an underliner, I found myself underlining on every page. Another said, I believe it would benefit any homeschooler or parent to read this book as it re-emphasizes the importance of the relationship between a parent and a child in the learning process. I plan to reread this book. It is rich and full of gems. Give yourself some time to absorb it before rushing into unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.